0: Listening to another LD podcast hosted by myself, Orash Maznane,
1: and Paul Richardson.
0: So this week's episode, we are talking about the return of face-to-face um, or learning that takes place in a in a classroom uh, face-to-face. I suppose with the Changes that occurred as a result of uh, the pandemic, COVID-19, a lot of organizations immediately switched to virtual delivery. So sessions that had previously been planned to take place within a classroom, face-to-face, whatever you want to call it, with instructors, they were then rescheduled and done in a virtual environment. And I'm sure obviously people listening will be aware of the platforms that that, that sprang up and became the go-to platforms of choice in terms of delivery. And now that the pandemic or lockdown in a lot of places has been easing and the world starts to creep back into some sort of normality, then... There are whispers. I say whispers. There are whispers, and uh, and kind of things online that I've seen of face-to-face sessions being replanned or rescheduled. So, this session is really us going back and forth, just discussing what that might look like. Any experiences that we've had of of that coming back on on the agenda, and really. Yeah, just to explore it a little bit and uh, and, and see what considerations uh, you may need to, to make and whether it is something that that even needs to come back. Um, so, Paul, I think it would be good to, to start with you because I know that we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago where you'd, you'd said uh, or mentioned that in your organisation it was something that had... Started to be uh, discussed,
1: yeah, absolutely. We it, 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 and actually, that has intensified since we had that, uh, that discussion. Um, and I'd, I'd, I'd probably start by saying that, um, in, in my organization, I think the overall feeling about it is very that we'll be taking it softly, softly, which you know you would expect to hear, but I think that's, I, I think that is, uh, um, you know, they really do intent to do it that way, which sort of uh, is, it, it would underlie anything that I would would want to be involved in, uh, essentially. And alongside that, I would say I did attend um, for the first time. I only started with the, uh, uh, the organisation in uh, February. So I've been to the head office and, and, uh, uh, on a couple of occasions, but really nothing since I've not been in the office uh, since the end of March. And we we had a meeting, we had a team meeting, because some people have joined the team uh, during COVID. So they've never uh, had a face-to-face meeting uh, at all. So we all went up to Durham um, last week and had a meeting um, in the office, socially distanced, uh, with all the guidelines in place, uh, really uh, strict. And it it just really brought back to me uh, a couple of things. One, how how good it is to see people and, and to have a meeting Face to face, there was almost a sort of a euphoria about actually working in that sort of uh, situation again. Uh, but secondly, that there will be, however, we go back to it, there will be challenges. Um, and it, even though we might go back, we're calling it going back to face to face, I guess what, what, what it struck me was we, that we will be going forward to face to face in a different way, uh, 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 just in the same way as the virtual. Uh, changes that we've gone through have, be, have, have made uh, facilitation and uh, the, the feel of, of training uh, very different. So that's the background. What The conversation that uh, Arash and myself had was actually on the back of something that was said um, around training for our um, exec team, sort of the, 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 uh, the highest level within the organisation. And the feel that it was almost um, that their training needed to be uh, face-to-face um, because they needed to, to get away from uh, the, where they normally, because of the type of learning that they needed to be uh, engaging with, ne- they needed that space away from their, uh, their normal desk, if you like, their normal workspace. And... We the conversation that Arash himself had was around, you know, this should be led by by the the the, the needs of the learning uh, rather than you know a policy about a particular set of people at a particular hierarchical point part in an organisation, um, and I think that may be a battle that that has to be uh, that has to be fought. I think on reflection now I don't I, I, I think that would be the case in my in my organisation. I think they would it would be led by what the needs are. Um, one of the uh, advantages we've found with the uh, virtual uh, sort of classroom meetings that we've been doing is that now people are meeting and interacting with a far wider range and more diverse group uh, of fellow learners than they, they would have done previously if they were traveling uh, to a, a, a site. We'd always try to keep costs down by having it as close as possible to the, uh, the group of learners, and that's helping the organisation generally, both from a diversity point of view and also from the way that we're sharing best practice uh, nationally rather than just regionally or locally. Um, that seems to be a a, 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 a big plus. So I, I think there are certain types of learning uh, which really have found we found lend themselves to that. Um, uh, 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 virtual world but there are other things which where it, it seems clear that it will be better and we do a lot of work where, uh, where we're doing training around uh, group therapies and one to one consultations um, between um, sort of uh, workers and uh, service users where practicing that maybe needs something that's a little bit more real a little bit more like a face-to-face uh, interaction. So definitely, <coughs> pardon me, it's coming into view now that we will need to, uh, uh, on the basis of that uh, learning requirement, start to think about more uh, going back or going forward to a new kind of face-to-face.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that, uh, that, that that's kind of mentioned. I mean, I'm I guess there are potentially instances where you could argue that that face to face it's worth going back to, but I, I do think that it. Well, what should I'm sure this won't happen across all organisations, but I think it's definitely something that organisations should do, and that's that's really pause and. Reflect and give some careful consideration on whether or not face-to-face is actually required. Uh, I, I guess there's a, there's there's a couple of instances. I mean, obviously the the most striking immediate is the the risk factor involved in in groups meeting in in, in any capacity. Uh, you increase the risk, and and also you 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 may have people that attending who have varying degrees of uncomfortableness in in, 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 in actually attending that, that session. So that's yeah. something to consider. And also just the fact that quite often L&D, well, since the beginning of time, L&D has relied upon this sage on a stage philosophy and approach yeah. where... Yeah. The expert who isn't really an expert, but is at the front of the front of the, the audience, so to speak, and delivers uh, this knowledge that people soak up. And I think, hopefully, the fact that that this pandemic has occurred allows people to to reflect and and see whether that's needed. I guess. We know we discussed in in a previous podcast just around the switch the switch ups that that, that needed to occur on the back of uh, COVID nineteen and how many organisations probably will have just lifted and shifted what they were doing in a classroom into an online capacity and how actually there is a need to 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 design your solution based on the method of delivery so therefore it's not the right approach to go well I've got a two-hour training session in uh, which normally takes place face to face in a learning room or or whatever well what we're going to do is we're just going to deliver this online Um, you would have to kind of go back and and redesign that for for the method of delivery now I'm sure that Across a lot of organisations, none of that ever took place uh, because it was everything happened so quickly. There will have been a lot of knee-jerk reactions to say, "Okay, all these sessions that we had planned, we can't do them anymore. Let's just let's just do it online. We've got the technology. Let's just let's just use it as opposed to designing based on the technology." So I think, so I think my. F- that would be the first thing: is to really pause and reflect and say, "Okay, is is what we're doing? Be, being face to face? Does does that add anything? Is there a benefit in 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 doing it that way?" And I don't necessarily just mean in terms of well, people like to be social, so therefore, if they're all sat in a room together, it's gonna it's gonna feel better. Um, but just in terms of is that the right approach? Because I think, unless there is really a physical element, then you could, one could argue that there isn't a need for it, especially if, if you can design accordingly, as, a, as I mentioned, for the technology and create something that's an alternative uh, learning solution that is equally. Uh, equally good, or if not better, then I think that's those. That's the that's the sort of thing that kind of springs to mind when I, when I when I think about that. It,
1: it, yeah, I, I I think you're right. All of that is right, actually, and I think that you you've you've got me thinking there about a couple of things. One is you know piloting um, in this in, in the organisation I'm in now. Um, it's been possible to, 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 to pilot things a lot more honestly. Um, and I, what I mean by that is, you know, really to to, to say, is this working in a really honest way? Um, in, in the larger organisations that I've worked in, it's a lot that taking a decision that something's not working and we need to do it differently doesn't happen that often. Um, people are very sort of, by the time the, 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 the learner's been Designed and it's starting to be uh, 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 delivered. The chances of of saying "Hang on, let's just pause this." Is this what we need to be doing? Really, it is a fairly rare event. But I actually think, married to what you just said about organisations pausing and reflecting and thinking, what you know, what what does this need? I think sometimes it might not be that obvious, even after you've reflected. I think it might be that you need to try. A, a virtual version and then try a, a, a face-to-face version and actually look at, at what the outputs are uh, before making the final decision on how you're going to go forward with it. And so to give an example, uh, we found that um, on the back of... So we do, we do work with clients, uh, service users, who've got problems with uh, substance abuse, or substance use, shouldn't say abuse, and... Um, and it's been found that to some extent, when they've been offered the chance to to do that in an online consultation and, and have that discussion online consultation, some people, uh, probably majority of the service users, actually are more open, more quickly, uh, in 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 that uh, uh, online virtual sort of uh, world. And I think there is a phenomenon, uh, or a, a yeah, a phenomenon uh, around a phenomenon. Uh, where pe- that people do open up, but there's a group of people who've, who who are more open sometimes to their own detriment um, in that virtual world. So some people benefit actually and would probably like to continue to access the services in that way. But there are probably also people who 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 don't. And when it comes to group work, which is obviously a big thing in this area of substance use, you know there are people who really benefit from group work and because of the piece that you're talking about because of the um the the, the interact they actually like the interactions now in terms of training people to run those groups you you would for me you would need to have a group of people being a group in that uh as a as part of their experience of uh of, of, of learning how to to run a group therapy session um and so that, so that thats sort of my, my, my thoughts about you know how organizations should move back towards the first to face very very carefully and you know to be be prepared to to try it and but, but being honest about the efficacy whichever way it goes because I think it's not it's just isn't always cut and dried and the benefits of we didn't really have any chances because the benefits where, uh, of of the virtual world when it came because that was going to, that was the only game in town um, when when COVID hit, but now we've got we have got that opportunity albeit with the um, the added uh, idea of keeping it safe as uh, and, and, and that side with COVID. And just on the back of one other thing that you said, uh, which I'll throw in, you talked about the sage on the stage, and obviously, yeah, absolutely. It, if that's your preferred method of delivery, then that's a problem. If that's your only method of delivery. But we, you know, Sage on a stage as an experience, um, as a way, as a, as a particular way of getting a particular message across, is uh, is perfect, perfectly acceptable. And again, I would, uh, you know, I would say, does that work best if you turn up to see and they're in the presence of the Sage? Or does it work equally as well when the Sage is uh, an online The stage is an online stage, uh, a virtual stage. And uh, if you were going to use Sage on a Stage uh, to create an experience, which one would work best? You uh, you took it and see. Uh, I think... Part of my answer to that.
0: Yeah, I think just to clarify, so uh, Sage on a Stage is often a backhanded remark about (laughs) face-to-face training. I've
1: I've noted it down. I'm going to use it in the future. I I know exactly what you mean.
0: But yeah, but I also think it's it's important because something that you mentioned, which did strike a uh, uh, kind of strike a chord with me, was the term sage on a stage could allude to somebody, someone who actually is a, 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 sage. a sage, so yeah. a keynote speaker, and if mm-hmm. if if in the eyes of the audience that that speaker has a and is somebody that they're genuinely interested in and care about, then that's when it is an experience, as opposed to a bog standard trainer who, let's face it, not I don't want to I don't want to discredit trainers, but I can't. It, there's a there's a yeah there's a there's a key difference whether you were kind of rolling out Steve Jobs. Uh, <laughs> Or whether it's just Dave well, I, from the training department.
1: When, when we talked about this before, you know, and it's in, I can't remember which uh, uh, podcast it's in, but in one of our previous sessions, we 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 did talk about this about new new start uh, onboarding colleagues and how highly they value those people coming in that sages in inverted commas coming in and talking about what happens in the reality of the job that they're going to be going to be doing. So absolutely in the right place with the right person. It's a useful uh, experience for learners.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But I did, I did just want to call that out because, <laughs> like fair. you said, context is is really so, key. Uh, so, so yeah. Um, so, I guess one of the things as well, which which came to mind while we were discussing this, is okay if you've established that for whatever reason doing it face to face or doing it in a physical setting is the right thing to do then what what do we need to consider now when before we probably didn't even pay any attention to um have you have you is this something that you've discussed in your organization having planned or 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 potentially Considered about doing sort of uh physical face to face uh stuff again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It is um an it, it, it's about so we you know we we don't have um training rooms in uh, offices that we have the offices that our organisation has are generally chosen for their office capacity rather than having rooms that you could run socially distanced training in. So t- there's a lot of. Um, uh, we, we'll get uh, venue, venues almost sometimes on an hoc, ad hoc basis. If one turns out to be particularly good, then that'll tend to get used going forward. Um, now, obviously, we'll need to look for places which have got the space. So in, this, in the uh, session that I, uh, at the meeting, that I, which wasn't, it wasn't a learning session per se, but um, in that session, we, we had a, a sort of a, a, a whole team session where we all sat around a uh, sort of like a boardroom table and there was tape on the table with distances on so that we would make sure that we were sat safely in those spaces. And then we did groups, we split into groups within the same room. So there needed to be room for that. And then there also needed to be room for us to split into groups, and depending on how many attendees there would be. Um we still had a flip chart. Uh, we still had somebody standing at the front, and we were socially distancing those discussions. But there would be if that room was would have been any smaller, then it would have been impossible to run the groups with flip charts without the the noise from each group impinging on the other groups. So I think sort of room layout, room design, space, number of, of participants, all become crucial, um, and that's a challenge. You know, a big challenge, especially depending on the type of organisation you work in. If you work in a an organisation that's already got training rooms which are substantial in size, it's probably less of a problem. If you're in a smaller organisation, small to medium organisation, could be you know it could be an insurmountable barrier to um, to going back face to face whilst ever the current COVID restrictions exist.
0: Yeah, and did you have you had any? Did you have any kind of challenge or pushback from? Anybody that was, well, uh, anyone that was scheduled to attend, or or has it not got to that point yet, where uh, where the where it's it's real, like it's actually happening?
1: Uh, well, as it happened, one person couldn't attend, and they attended remotely, um, which were a faff trying to um, include that person uh, by moving a laptop around, which was which was on Teams. Um but there will be people for, for quite some time who are re- really worried about um, about coming to a, 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 a session indoors effectively in, a, a, in the office rather than at home. And I'm not I guess the one thing that organizations will will need to take into account is, you know, if you're requiring people to attend a session, like that, um, you, you you know, making sure that it's safe and thinking about the potential effects psychologically on people is a, a is an important factor in that. And do you offer an alternative? Do you give people the alternative of of attending um, virtually or attending in person? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I guess the other thing to consider as well is is the person who's going to be running it. Um, yeah. Obviously, quite often the first train of thought leads to the people who are going to be attending the session. But you also have to consider how comfortable the person delivering the session is as well, because okay. I guess their, their thoughts, feelings, mental health, physical health, all is just as important uh, as well. Uh, so I think that's definitely a, a careful consideration for anybody that. Is willing to uh, willing to, to kind of go back to a a physical a physical setting?
1: Is it, is it what's the situation in your organization? Or actually, is this has this been mooted yet, or is it is it is it not on the agenda?
0: Well, there's no sign of, of going back to any sort of physical training that that I'm aware of, at least. I mean, nothing sent. Not everything went virtual in in a in a business sense because the the main primary focus of, of my organization is is sort of technical so we have obviously uh, technicians that are working on uh, machinery and, and engines and what have you which uh, so we're essentially in the sort of uh, energy slash like manufacturing uh Industry, so that in order for the business to continue running, carried on as normal. The training that we delivered did switch to uh, being delivered remotely via via Teams, but I'm not. I've not heard any plans for for that to change. I guess what we are or have been doing is is looking at. Um, just a completely different approach full stop and I think in a way it it may be a blessing in disguise at least anything that uh, my team and the design team touches I mean we've not we've not designed anything that's face-to-face for for quite a while now so most of the content that was being delivered face-to-face was legacy content that, that either didn't need updating or or was 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 still still usable but had been created quite a while ago. so I guess the benefit is if anything needs updating or comes back around into the into the sort of uh work stream that that that, that we'll be working on then we can just look at it from a different angle and uh, and sort of uh, approach it differently. I guess one of the things that we have to consider though is that although technology is wonderful and there's all these uh, advances and, and kind of leaps forward that we've been able to, to make as well, there are small pockets of, of our business who work in areas of the world with poor connectivity, so I mean, there, there's been instances in the past where they have to go. There may be like one computer on 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 one on one site because the majority of the work is done out in the field, um, and people are huddled around one computer watching a video or with somebody clicking through an e-learning. So that's something that we also have to consider in in terms of um, the design moving forward. But yeah, it's 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 a challenge that 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 we've had, and our initial knee-jerk reaction was just to switch to delivering it online. But anything that we're working on from a design perspective uh, is definitely just. Just being reconsidered completely in terms of what, what is the best approach, full stop.
1: Yeah, I get it. I think um, uh, what came out of that for me was I think we have an opportunity um, as LD professionals to be slightly ahead of the game uh, with this. And I think I'm, I'm, I've sort of got a checklist now in my mind of things that I need to ask if. If someone talks about the possibility of of, of, a, 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 of some learning being face to face, that will help me when that you know gets mooted to to really uh, get to the heart of it. Um, absolutely, number one of which is what is it that makes this need to be face to face? You know, what is it about this learning that requires that? Um, and and I, and I guess I wouldn't be quite as uh, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily be ill-disposed towards somebody saying, well, it'd just be good to get these people back together again. That's, you know, it might be that as part of what whatever it is, that's a, a, a something that, you're, that your organisation wants to happen. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, that that learning always has to be in that setting. It could be that just as restrictions are, are eased, we, we, you know, we want to let people have that experience, which is fine, as long as you understand that that's not part of the reason for it being face to face if that makes
0: sense yeah I also think as well it's important with that is to to read the room so to speak and actually get some feedback from whoever it is that is going to be attending those sessions because you might think oh well it would be nice for everybody to get, get together but yeah. if you actually poll your audience they might be like well 95% of them are happy to to just do it remotely they don't they don't want to get back together um equally on the flip side you might have people that are are really sort of desperate to get back together um so I think it's about giving people the choice because in that instance you might have a collective that are happy to to do it physically because that's what they feel they want and need and you might have another group who aren't really comfortable yet doing that so in that instance you can say well for you guys we'll we'll do some we'll do some sessions uh digitally uh, and in that way you're t- tailoring the delivery for the audience which is is a right thing to do as opposed to just yeah. making an assumption and going yeah people haven't been together for a while i think it's it's right that we get them together without actually that's that's how you as an individual might feel but you're making massive assumptions about about your people without actually speaking to them and seeing what it is that they want.
1: Yeah, I get that and, I, and it's it's a funny one. we 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 meet every day the the, the team that I'm part of and it, we sort of came to the conclusion about meeting uh, together collectively as you as you've rightly said um, if you know, I don't know, we've, I don't think we've polled uh, or, or asked people how they felt about it and whether they felt it would be useful to do. Uh, again, it was almost an unspoken agreement that we'd, we'd, we'd do it as a one-off. Uh, and it's not the kind of meeting that we would have um, regularly anyway because it involves quite a bit of travel. But I love the, the the point that you're making there that we need to give people the option. I think in this particular situation, we're not out of the out of the... Uh, Would with COVID yet, so it would be wrong to make that move without giving people an alternative. You're right,
0: Um, and I think that's way off yet. I think as well, it's just it's just doing the right thing for for your your people because even if 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 COVID was uh, was dying out, you're gonna have some people who just are anxious about meeting in physical spaces mm. and mm. you'll have some people who, and you'll you'll see that just out and about now. So if you go out into any densely populated area, you'll have people who are out because they're not bothered. And then obviously mm. you'll have a, a, a another sort of subsection of the population who are still kind of treading cautiously. So I think it's about understanding... Your audience, not making assumptions for them based on your own opinions and thoughts and feelings, and asking them like, "What is it that you want?" So we're thinking, and it's it's most organisations, not all, but a lot, a lot now are using uh, Office three six five, and I know that Microsoft Forms comes as part of the. Office three six five suite, so it's dead easy to create a form with some with some simple questions or or poll and send that out to your potential audience and just pull them on it. Just kind of say, look, this is what our thoughts are. We're thinking about getting getting together. These are the reasons why. Uh, would you be comfortable doing this? Yes or no. Or alternatively, we would offer. Or you could say alternatively we would offer a remote thing which is your preference. And then that way you can collect that data and go, Well, okay, of a hundred people, let's say, sixty percent were comfortable meeting physically. So we'll put on a an actual physical session for them <laughs> and the remaining people, they're not comfortable yet. So we'll uh, we'll 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 put something on digitally for them and then yeah, that way you're just not you're not kind of shoehorning everybody into into one kind of pot and, and and trying to arm wrestle them into to your way of of thinking. Then it just that feels like the the right way to yeah, uh, it, to approach yeah to approach things.
1: Yeah, just I And I I, I I like I think uh, we've got. We've got, you know, we've got to that point. It just needs to be really, really carefully handled. That's the uh, that for me is the is the bottom line. It's going to be uh, it's going to be uh, challenging to manage, but it's it is the right thing to do. I think trying to say to people you must um, do it a particular way at this point is not uh, is not feasible. That will change going forward, but not certainly at the moment.
0: Absolutely. You can find me at Orash Mazanane on Twitter and Orash Rezai Mazanane on LinkedIn.
1: And you can find me on LinkedIn by searching
0: Paul Richardson. Thanks for listening.